Yeah, that's right. This is the hardcore icon, the Sandman. And if you want to be hardcore like me, you want to be extreme like me, well, then you better listen to Reliving Extreme Podcast, hosted by Aaron and Nate Maxson and Chad Austin. Pay your bill, Tommy Cairo. This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are going back and reviewing the episode of ECW TV from September the 20th, 1994. Um, I don't know if ECW didn't have a show the week prior or if Peacock just didn't put it up there because we actually, last week's episode was 9-6, this week's episode was 9-20. I don't know what happened to the week in between. I have no story on that. I tried to look. I Dude, tried to look it up. That could have been one of them infamous lost tapes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. I mean, I remember hearing stories about like several of them that didn't fit. I mean, because it was about it's about a two and a half hour drive from like Philly to like Media, Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Anything could have happened, and you know, and who knows who the fuck Paul pissed off? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and they just said, you know. Fuck it. Doug was too busy in bed with a guy. Um, you know, Feinstein's too busy fucking diddling people. You know, I have no idea what was going on with the distribution there with, with this show. Well, either way, no matter no matter it was Feinstein or what, the episode from the previous week is not available, so we just skipped right on to the Amazon September twentieth. Amazon delivered to the wrong place, and they just said keep it. <laughs> <laughs> the show. <laughs> It's fine. Just keep it. We'll send them another one. We'll we'll find another one. Checks in the mail. We open the show this week with uh, a a recap of Shane Douglas's speech from a couple of weeks ago, throwing down the title belt. And uh, like Chad said in our chat earlier, it was like an acid trip. There's like seven, it's like 17 screens on the screen of Shane cutting the promo. Um, this was probably Paul finally got like a fucking editing deck and was just fucking with it. Didn't know what he was doing or whoever was editing it. Hey buddy, I'm doing a, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> my neighbor just got, my little neighbor's kid just got home. Me and my little buddy. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it just, what, I mean, was it me or was it just all over the place? Yeah, it was, it was not only, not only was it like multiple screens on the screen, but they were moving them around and, you know, it was kind of shaky and yeah, you're right. It was like an acid trip. I'm watching this promo after I, after I just dropped some, but I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, re- I don't remember. Is this before or after Matt Radico was the producer? Do you guys know by any chance? After, after, because I'm pretty sure he's, he was the, he was the producer from the beginning, wasn't he? Even Cabrini, I think he was the producer. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's what I'm saying, because we're, we're right in that time frame to where he could or could not have been there still. And it, it looks like, it, to me, it looks like more or less Paul is taking over. I was going to say Maddie in the House produced this segment. Well, Maddie, I don't know how Maddie in the House is going to produce, produce that segment when Maddie don't even have a house. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Maddie's out, Maddie's out of the house. Maddie out of house. <laughs> Maddie in the driveway. Maddie in the shed. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was um maybe it was just a bunch of stuff they just had left in the can. I, I don't you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, I mean, besides a couple of the segments that were on there, it just looked like it was just thrown together. Just yeah, what, and I whatever. Actually, I, I actually had that later on in my notes. This was like the shit we have left over from the last taping, and we haven't done another taping yet, so here's what we got for you. We got some more Cabrini College footage, you know, with Stevie Wonderful doing commentary. Hidden gems. ECW hidden gems. Well, we we staffed the video, the opening video. We have a promo from Shane Douglas and Matt Bourne. Um, who's starting his born again gimmick? I thought it was the nine one one package. Uh, if we, if that was there, I missed it. Maybe I didn't. I didn't see a nine one one package. Yeah, it was like a nine. I mean, maybe maybe it was just showing me the last like thirty seconds of the last week's show or something. But yeah, I mean, but anyway, yeah, I got yeah. It was um. Like you said, it was, uh, who was it? Doink? Born again. Yeah, Doink. And he actually does the thing. It's kind of cool. He's got half the Doink makeup on, and then he puts on the, the big Josh plaid, you know, shirt. And, uh, this is good stuff. I enjoy this. I really do. Um, I really like this gimmick that Matt Bourne had here. Um, Shane even says he got, he's gone from a cartoon to a man. And I, I thought that I was love a cool line. I love Doink in ECW. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even the doink character, just the half of the doink, you know? Like, I, I, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was a perfect fit for ECW. And, and the crowd, would the crowd, if they, it, I don't know if they did or didn't, but they should have eaten that up. Because it was, it was them, it was them shitting on WWE, you know? And at the same time, making Matt Bourne, who everybody knew was doink to begin with. Right. You know, making him a credible, a guy because everybody knew that Matt Bourne was a badass to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like, they already knew he was a badass, but now he's not a clown no more. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> You're no longer a clown. Did I love going in ECW. I, I don't know what happened, but I mean, clearly we probably know what happened. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we, 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 uh, we, we throw that through that against the wall last week to see what stuck. And I think we definitely figured out what stuck. <laughs> You're a little too extreme. Buddy, yeah, go. Matt Bourne realized that you can get great drugs in Philadelphia. Oh, do, you, do you guys know, remember the line of the promo or like the best line in the whole promo? Matt Bourne no. says he's like talking. And he goes, "You want to get nuts? I bet on your chin." Oh, good <laughs> lord! I missed that. <laughs> yeah. No, so, so did oh, I. Guys. He's like, "You want to get nuts? I bet on your chin." Like fucking Douglas Pop, like. <laughs> Like he, he he had the whole back fucking laughing, but yeah, that was a was a Matt Bourne line in that promo. I, I, See, I don't I don't even remember being there, you know, for them for them promos because mm-hmm. that would have been fuck man, that would have been two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning for that to happen, and I can't believe that Matt Bourne had to stick around and wear that dumb fucking goofy ass makeup and outfit. <laughs> For like seven more hours. So, I mean, no, no wonder his his interview was so intense. Because he was pissed. You know, I still got to wear this goofy-ass outfit. <laughs> I'm tired. I just want to get high. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, man? I mean, I know, I'm sure he was high. <laughs> I just want to get more high. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that hard in the ECW arena to get high. When when I used to go get the Pitbulls drugs, I only had to walk about I don't know to the end of the block. That's where I had to go because they, they told me to go get it, and I just said, "Where's that?" They were like, "Well, you go out of the front door and you make a left, and you go to the end of the block." 
I'm like, well, that's only like 100 feet. <laughs> well, I, was, <laughs> like, I was about to say that. I'm sure a great <laughs> drug-dealing entrepreneur would have figured out very quickly to hang out around that building on a certain on a certain night every single month. And then you would have one in the parking lot, like because the, the parking lot was across the street. Like, well, not even across the street. It was kind of down the street. Mm-hmm. And it was a big gravel, just a big gravel lot. And, you know, that's where you parked, like, the mass amount of cars. So I can imagine there was somebody in there because, you know, there was a bunch of fucking bunch of rubes down there tailgating. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and there was just some guy. He had a big trench coat on even in the summertime. <laughs> Walking around selling fake Rolexes and drugs. And they were like, hey, Paul, shouldn't you be at the arena getting the show ready? Yeah. (laughs) Well, after this segment, which like we said, that we all agreed it was a good segment with these two guys. Joey interview introduced intros the show shows us clips from the tag title match last week where Cactus Jack and Mikey won the titles. And then we get a, another great Cactus Jack, Mikey Whipwreck promo. Yeah. Mikey's getting better, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I'm sure it's a whole lot of coaching from Cactus, but you know, and, and I'm sure that wasn't the first take. There's no chance that was the first take. Cause I, I remember being there and I, and not, not, not that specific thing, but Paul, he would make you do four, five, six takes to the mm-hmm. point where you almost didn't believe anymore what you were saying. Because you had already said it, you know what I mean? Like five times. But yeah, Mikey's getting better. And, and believe me, me and Mikey aren't friends at all. And I think he's getting a lot better here. And Jack is great here, too. He talks about wrestling Sting, wrestling Vader. I love the line that I've wrestled everybody from Abdullah to Zabisco, the A to Z of professional wrestling. Um, of course, he's golden here. And he asked Mikey, you know what that means, Mikey? And Mikey says, that means I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to take a little bit. A little bit longer, but yeah, Mikey eventually gets it, as we all know. Aaron? I just, like you guys are saying, uh, Mikey's benefiting from being with Cactus. Pauly showing that he knows what he's doing with people. It's like, hey, let's take this kid. He's got momentum. Who's a better person to put him with than um, the biggest? Honestly, Terry Funk's not around, so Cactus is the biggest star. Where was Terry now? At this point, I'm not sure. Well, uh, this is September. September. He's in, he might still be in WCW. So they might still be doing the studs table stuff. Is, is this what he was doing? Kind of both, but then just left ECW to go back. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, whatever. The other thing that I have written down here, it's later in the notes, but I think this segment is um, very much a example of it. These shows, it's amazing how quickly they've gotten better and how much more they're keeping my attention. Um, well, just, production-wise? It, it just, just, the, just yeah, in general, the flow of the show and the promos and everything, it's just, it's 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 keeping my attention more. Um, also, there's not as much to bust on, you know? it's it's. I mean, it's getting... I'm sure there's going to be, there's always going to be something on every wrestling show that you can rake over the coals, but it's just becoming just more of a, I guess, a cohesive show, uh, more intriguing characters. And you can definitely tell, you know, you can definitely tell that there's, there's changes going on behind the scenes too. And, and how long has this been since Paul's taken over? Let's see. Has it been a year? It's been about a year because Eddie left in yeah. It's been a year because I think Eddie left in August of '93. So it's taken it's taken him about a year to to, to formulate his plan, to restructure his vision. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that make sense? Like, the, you know, he's he's taken about a year and going, look, these are the guys that I want to build this shit around. You know. Yeah. 
I'm not going to use Hunter Q. I'm not going to use Belomo. Not gonna, well, I think he actually liked Belomo, but I, I, um, I think I think Belomo probably was kind of seeing where ECW was going. I was like, eh, I ain't going to be taking staples and shit. Today. No, no. <laughs> I, I, it's the children, the kids. Yeah, how am I going to have to say goodbye? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly <laughs> how he said it too. <laughs> Paul was like, "Look, we got this. We got this thing planned." Where you're gonna go out there with the Sandman, and he comes out with a big gigantic stick, and after he beats you, he's gonna whip the shit out of you with his goddamn goddamn gigantic stick. And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to go to work uh, at the pizzeria." <laughs> um, what's the matter, you, Paulie? My responsibilities at the Variety Club have increased. I can't. Oh uh... yes, the, it, I know. I don't. I do this for the children. I gotta say, I gotta sick a donkey. Donkey, I gotta go. I, I think I think Sal fucked up one time and says I do this to the children, <laughs> not not for them. But after the promo, we have a uh, match: Cactus and Mikey against Chris Canyon and Dino Sendoff. Wow, this was this was Chris Canyon's debut, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Is it before? Is it before or after this? It's before. It's after this that he's in that men at work team in WCW, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah. It has or to whatever be. Whatever it was. Okay. Yeah, that was like '95 when Canyon showed up there. Yeah, it has to be because did anybody? I mean, there's no reason why they would have had Canyon being in that position had he had been somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know fucking canyon from shit but i mean he had a great size he had a great look sure he had a list but so did dusty yeah i mean and he was gay but but, but so was dusty <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't have a lot of notes gay about the dusty rose would be fantastic what's that gay dusty rose <laughs> gay dusty rose would be fantastic he turns on sapphire <laughs> for for slick <laughs> He steals Virgil from the Million Dollar Man. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that must mean that Dusty has a great crevice. <laughs> He's got a few of them. <laughs> yeah. So Virgil going to have a field day with Dusty's body. It's like, an, it's like the King's Dominion. He's like, I'm having an orgy with one person. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking it all over Dusty's body. <laughs> And Dusty Rhodes is a BBW, I tell you. Gay Dusty Rhodes. Boy, oh boy. All right. I don't have a lot of notes about this match, but one of the notes, the the main note that I have is Mikey and Cactus are a great tag team. Well, it's it's Cactus Cactus with Mikey. True, true. It is a great tag team. I love that Cactus uses them as as a weapon. He'll just throw them into people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that Cactus went to Mikey before any particular match and said, hey, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, most of the time, a guy will go to another guy and be like, what do you want, you know, what do you want to do, whatever. But I think Cactus was just like, Mikey, just just go out there. Follow my lead, yes. I mean, yeah, I mean I don't I don't think it it took a I don't think it took like a whole lot of prep time like you're prepping for a Hell's Kitchen fucking reopening, you know? It wasn't it wasn't nothing like that. It was just all right, you're gonna get beat up. <laughs> And I'll come in, and I'm not going to sell, and I'll just take bumps over. To, you know what I mean? You know how it goes mm-hmm. with cactus mm-hmm. and shit. It's it's typical. Is there anything not typical about that cactus performance? I mean, nope. It was it's balls to the wall every time, and 
Like I, I, I agree with Aaron. I think it's great that he he uses Mikey as a weapon. He'll just throw him into the opponents or whatever, and kind of pretty much the the story is if you watch through their matches, Cactus is toughening Mikey up. Yeah, yeah but he he never really said it, did he? No, no. It's it's all in the ring. Story? You know, yeah. Like Mikey, doesn't, Mikey doesn't want to fight, so he's like, okay, you don't want to fight. I'll just throw you at the guy, and now you're <laughs> you're either gonna fight him now, or you're gonna get your ass kicked. Take your pick because you're in it now. You know, and then and then either way, Cactus would make the save. Yes, <laughs> so Mikey could get beat up some more, and he would just sit there and be like, "All right, come on, come on, Mikey," and then he gets beat up some more, and Cactus makes the save, and come it's on. The, it's the first real good story in ECW. You know what I mean? Like the first, like I, I, if that makes sense, like the first good storytelling of these two guys being together, and because I mean they'd have they'd have angles before, but it's like we could make fun of Cairo and Sandman and Tommy and Sandman and shit like that. This is an actual good wrestling story in my opinion. I'm tired of making fun of Tommy. <laughs> it's, it's getting on, it's starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> well, luckily Jeez he's <laughs> luckily he's not featured on this show. No, thank God. Neither is Tom Brand. <laughs> and during this match, the public enemy come out and attack Jack and Mikey. Um and they the <laughs> Essentially, Jack comes in, like Chad just said, saves Mikey <laughs> from a beatdown from Public Enemy with a double DDT, throws Mikey onto Johnny Grunge, um, and it's just a wild brawl between these four guys, and I think it's effective. Yeah, except for that DDT. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that would crack an egg, the way he... I don't know how the hell he, I mean, it, it, it looked like, to me, it looked like shit. He didn't have either guy, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the guys just fell forward. And me, me, I guess I'll ask you, me, me having obviously never worked in the ring. You think that was on him or on them? Um, I mean, honestly, it was probably on Jack. Okay. Because I, I would, I would assume the way that it, that it went, because I've taken DDTs a million times and, and that slap on the back is your cue. Boom. And then like, it used to be, you go, you go head first with your neck twisted but then i think guys got hurt right mm-hmm. when he did it that way and then guys started doing that big fucking face plant spot where that's why i was like dude this, this spot this move is dead if that's the way you're gonna take ddds nowadays then you know look at jake dude he would he would like he would throw his feet underneath the guy's leg when he would bring you down and he would just drive you to the mat but no jack would just do the whole deal where he would just fall flat mm-hmm. i mean he didn't want to hurt you because that's the way he was trained but you know i don't i don't know if jake gave a shit or the way jake did it was just so good cuz i never heard of jake killing people no no the only one the, the only one that i yeah i was going to say the only one i ever heard was was the steamboat one on the outside but i think that would just went i think that just well went no south. he said he said that he blamed steamboat for it oh, steamboat, really? yeah steamboat said he just wanted to take it like a normal ddt and he was like you can't do that and then jake even said he didn't want to do it at all and that company and the wwe wwf was like yeah we got to do this angle and he's like eh, it's a bad <laughs> idea <laughs> but then he's like i'm not the one taking it so if he's willing to do it and you want me to do it all right yeah, man. If I was Ricky Steamboat, I'd be looking at the calendar and being like, "What? What time? What month is this happening in? And and how, how long am I going to be out for? You know, the rest of the summer? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Whatever. I'm down. <laughs> but like I said, overall, I think this was, uh, you know, it was a decent, decent squash match, and then that led to a good brawl between these two teams to keep the feud going. Um, anything else on this this segment, guys? This Dino sendoff looked worse wearing a shirt than he did when he did. <laughs> 
Dude, when does Dino send off look any good? I'm just saying, when he didn't have a shirt, he didn't look as bad as when he wore a shirt. Well, maybe Paul told him to wear a shirt. He wants you to look extra worse tonight, send off. Because he had titties. He's like, you know, we, we already, I mean, we already have like we already women have on the show. <laughs> the, next, the next segment after this, we get a promo from Too Cold, and then Too Cold Scorpio is going to have a match with Stormin' Mike Norman here on the show. Uh, the Too Cold Scorpio is a Too Cold, or the Too Cold promo is a Too Cold promo. Like I said before, one of my favorite wrestlers, not a great promo. Just, I mean, you know, just being honest. It's terrible ramb- promo. It's rambling, and then two lines from current rap songs, and then he's like, hey, 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 and he leaves. Yeah, how can you be How can you be that good at one thing and that <laughs> not good at the other? Right, yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. You can't 50-50 book that, you know? Like, you can't be like, you got to put this together, man, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and especially when, you're, when, when you decide you're going to be a wrestler. Maybe it's because... Charlie was going to, he started out like in Japan and Mexico where they didn't do a lot of promos and stuff, you know? So maybe mm-hmm. he didn't think about it, but now you're in the States and you gotta, you gotta get yourself over verbally. And he just went out there and put his big ears and everything. I couldn't, I couldn't, I, my, I, all I tell you was my cable reception was better when he was on the, on the, on the screen <laughs> because of his ears. I was having a little, I was having a little cable issues and all of a sudden Scorpio comes on there and I'm like, Oh, look at this shit. It's fixed. I, I can't, th- this is the only place where I can share a story like this where people might actually appreciate it. So I'm going to tell this really quick. Last night, it was actually last night. I'm watching a random episode of WCW Saturday Night from 1993. Insomnia? And, and on, yeah, on this episode, one of the most surreal moments I've ever seen in my life. Okay, it's you got two cold Scorpio, Marcus Bagwell, and the Cold Twins in the ring, dancing, all dancing to two colds music, and the, the center stage crowd saying, there it is. Over and over and over again. It was. I was like, "What the fuck? This is one of the most surreal things I've ever seen in my life. It's ridiculous." <coughs> and the worst part was Doug Dillinger was probably leading the crowd. Sixty-seven-year-old <laughs> Doug he's, Dillinger. He's saying, "He's saying, Womp, there it is." He doesn't even know what the <laughs> fuck he's doing. Like, Womp, there it went, guys. Say it. Everybody <laughs> thought he was having a seizure because he's out, he's out there waving his arms. <laughs> What's wrong with Doug Dillinger? Saying, oh, there, there it went. <laughs> Walt there it went. Walt there it went. Yeah, episode title, anybody? All right. <laughs> so we get this two cold match. During the match, uh, Joey is talking about how Shane Douglas, the upcoming show, is going to be defending against uh, Too Cold. Um, Too Cold he's hits got, a. He's got he's to fight Born Again first. Oh though. yes, yes. In Hambone, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it? Did they say it's in Hambone? Yeah. It's in Hambone, Pennsylvania. Good Lord. This has to be the end of Hambone, Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> like, it has to be, right? No, they're still they're still there, aren't they? <laughs> now? Yeah. This yeah. Is, this is the, night show's, the show's still going on. It's night two. They had to break it's pro- it. In. It's probably because Paul never actually paid Ted Petty for the ring, and the ring's still set up, and everybody just left. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, Ted Petty dies, and Paul's like, well, what the fuck do you like it? Fuck, you know what I mean? Well, Scorpio hits a 450 for the win in this match. Any comments or anything like that on the match itself, guys? I didn't have any. I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, It's kind of a weird combination of guys two cold yeah. norman mike norman like what are you gonna get out of this but i just couldn't figure out what the fuck canyon was doing there this is that same match right nope 
Oh no. No, no, this was a single this was a singles match. Well then I still couldn't figure out what Canyon was doing there. <laughs> or, or how about this? Why Canyon wasn't there? No, I would have rather seen out Canyon. I would have rather Canyon. I would have rather seen Mike Norman team, you know, send off and lose the Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck and watch a and watch a two cold Scorpio Chris Canyon match. All I mean, right. Well, yeah, I mean I mean uh, yeah. I guess so. I, I could probably go either way on that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can see your point. After that, they show footage of the angle last week involving Chad, Jason, and Rock and Rebel. With Rock and Rebel and Chad with their breakup of the team that they had for like two weeks. And then <laughs> the match itself is the TV champion, uh, Jason, with Dean Malenko against the Rock and Rebel. <clears throat> Aaron? Uh, Malenko attacks Rebel before the match. Um, behind the referee's back, obviously, because he's 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 still he's not Dean Malenko right now. He's just the shooter. That's what they're calling him. At least that's how they introduce him. It's just the shooter. And basically, what he's doing is attacking Jason's opponents before the match. So Jason will get the advantage, and then the match starts. And Jason obviously goes after the shoulder of Rebel because that's what's supposedly injured. Um, I did. His whole career was injured. I did write down. I, I did write something down. A fan yelled at Jason. I had to rewind and make sure I heard it right. Oh, this fan yelled at Jason, "Get your sock out of your leotard, you bitch!" I was like, "Did I just hear that?" So I, so I rewound it. That's what he said. Get your sock. Oh, out I of thought your he called him retarded. <laughs> he said, "Get your sock out of your leotard, you bitch." Oh, he said, "Get your sock out of your leotard." <laughs> like Jason, Jason owns a retard. <laughs> And stuff them with socks. What the? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I ain't never seen a retard stuff with socks. <laughs> all right, I'm going to hell. All right, as soon as the show's over. Well, like Aaron said, the story of the match kind of here is that uh, obviously Rebel is working with a hurt shoulder because of Malenko. Uh, he fights back a little bit, but Jason then wins the match with his feet on the ropes to get the heel win and retain the TV title. Can't be much longer. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I just I do kind of like the D Malenko being with with Jason because like I sometimes like when fucking wrestlers that shouldn't be together are you know what I mean? Like Jason and D Malenko have no reason to be together, but I just I like the fact that it's like that. You know, it's like like D Malenko signed this fucking European bohunk to be his manager. <laughs> What's that European bohunk? <laughs> does Wendy sell that? <laughs> What, what extra cheese? Can I get a can I get a double bohunk? <laughs> what the hell is a bohunk with bacon? <laughs> a bohunk is just a, a like a, a a moron, like a muscled up moron. A bohunkinator? <laughs> I think that term came from uh, one of those '80s movies, the uh, oh, Sixteen per- Candles. Sixteen Candles or Pretty in Pink or one of those. I think. Well, wanna, I'm, I'm going to ask Miss Jess. Miss Jess, do you, you ever heard of the, the, the phrase bohunk? See, look, she's shaking her head no. What, what does it say? It was like, it's, what did you say it was again? Like just like a, like a, um, like a muscled up jock moron. He's like, that guy's a bohunk. Yeah. All yeah, right. Well, I guess, I guess around here we call them meatheads. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause that's exactly what Jess said when I, when you, when she heard you describe him. She's like, like like a meathead. Yeah, well, well, he's a he's a bohunk. I'd like a bohunk with extra meathead, please. You're a European bohunk. That's Jason. A junior bacon bohunk. 
You pull up the Wendy's <laughs> drive through. That's the name of the fucking show. value meal. Junior Bacon Bohunk. That's the name of the show. <laughs> Can I? Can I get a junior bacon bohunk with no mayonnaise on it, please? And a coke. <laughs> and a coke. <laughs> I, I want. I want to. I want, I don't even. I've never had mayonnaise, but I will never eat mayonnaise because I'm always afraid that I'm going to get that one little trickle of mayonnaise on the side of my lip, and nobody's ever going to tell me about it. And then I'm going to walk around, and people are going to be like making fun of me, like it's like like I got comb on my face. Yeah, hey, look at money shot over here. Yeah, so I I purposely never eat mayonnaise. I, I don't eat anything white. I only eat yellow cheese. I'm a I'm a eating racist. <laughs> After this segment, we get Joey Styles back to introduce a press conference, quote unquote press conference with Shane sure. Douglas yeah. and the Japanese media. Yes, and the, the Japanese media. The Japanese media, which you never see. Oh, none of them. Yeah, I, I don't even know why. Why then, would they even say that? And then the Japanese media asks the question. It's like, yeah, hey, Shane Douglas, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what's the matter uh, you? I'm just wondering, uh, yeah, what's the matter you with the NWA title? <laughs> shut, up your, shut up your face. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, it's Tony Marmaluke with, like, makeup on his eyes to make him look uh, why, 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 why'd you leave? Why'd you leave the WCW? It's a nicer place. So shut up your face. <laughs> Get the pizza. How do you feel about being the uh, the champ there, boy? Sign. <laughs> Jesus, what? Kenichiwa, yeah. motherfucker. Kenichiwa, motherfucker. I love that. Sal Balomo. Well, he's Douglas here is talking about being a you know emphasizing that he's a wrestler. He's the champion. Um, Cactus Jack comes in and congratulates him for becoming champion. Um, Man, you took copious notes, dude. Jesus Christ, I got nothing close to this. They made froze. Maybe because when the show was on, I was cutting the grass. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't have as many notes as you. But anyway, I mean, let's go back to Dino's send-off. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite job guys there. Like, it, it's, it's just amazing to me how nobody even had to tell you where you sit in the locker room. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go into the locker room, and then you know that if you're a job guy, like, you know, you just look for the other job guys, especially the worst-looking job guys, because then you know where you're sitting. Oh, I'm sitting over there, and I see Dino send off, and and I just go, all right, well, I guess, I guess I'm sitting over here with Dino. Was he an all right guy? And and, and storming Mike Norman, Dino send off, all right guy, and Paul Loria. How there was wasn't he? a whole there wasn't a whole lot of jobbers there. Right? I mean, if you look at it from the surface, it's pretty much the same batch of guys almost every single week, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, I mean, we, we still got, what, has, has, has um, uh, what's his name? Gino Caruccio, whatever his name is. Has he come in yet? We've seen him a couple of times. What's, what's his name? Little, little Guido guy. Yeah. He's yeah, been in there a couple on, times. Yeah, Little Guido was on a couple of weeks ago. You guys hearing me okay? Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah, my shit froze up. Yeah, you did a paint your life gimmick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the next match on the show is Shane Douglas with Matt Bourne in his corner against Nishimura. I did not write down his first name. Osamu. Osamu Nishimura. I don't know about this dude. I don't. I guess I just don't remember him. I don't know. Was he any good? Well, he had a good, had a good match with Shane. 
Mm-hmm. This is this is what I can tell you about him as far as that I know. Wh- whatever year this was, whatever time frame this was, he was trained by by Lemonhead in Florida, and um, he was sent over to be trained by Lemonhead, and and then they booked him. They booked him all over the country to work independence with no money. Like I don't, I don't know who paid him because you know I, I, he didn't have he didn't know shit from Shinola when it came to English. And all I know was he didn't make any money. So he would have had to have gotten paid like from Japan just to come over here and get money, you know, get experience before he could go back and make money. And then I fast forwarded and then I even texted a friend of mine. I was like, what the hell did Oshamo Nishimura do after? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like wh- where did he end up? And my buddy was just like, well, he was in new Japan for like, you know, a cup of coffee, and then it's gone. Like, okay, so they wasted all that time on him. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. So, okay, so I don't feel so bad about not knowing shit about the guy because apparently he never went anywhere. They were just hyping him as he was gonna go somewhere. Yeah, awesome. I mean, because because he was trained by Lemonhead. <laughs> so, as a favorite of Lemonhead, will you book this guy, please? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that had a lot, way a lot to do with it. You know, because mm-hmm. you know. Paul, I'm sure, was in touch with Tori and Tori, Tori and Derek. <laughs> he was in touch with them, and he he just said, "Hey, look, we had this guy. Can you give him some work?" And and then when I looked at him, like in the ring, I just was like, "Dude, this guy's got no charisma. He's got no status. You know what I mean? No stature. He was standing there, and like his shoulders were slumped, you know. And I was just like, he has nothing." Like what? You know, he has no fucking idea what's going on. Like yeah, I don't know what you know. And who did he work again? Shane Douglas. Oh, so Shane had to carry that match. All right, that makes and it makes wasn't a lot it, of sense. it wasn't terrible. It was fine. Um, Shane wins with a promo. Was Shane hurt during, during this? Like, I don't mean I don't mean hurt during the match. I mean, but was he hurt like during this match? Did he come in the ring hurt? Because I don't he, think he, so. He seen at a couple times when the guy would throw him into the ropes. The way he would grab the rope was a little gingerly. Like he didn't like he didn't like grab the rope snug like you're supposed to. Like it was favoring one. Like, you know how you know how Shane's lame. You know he, every time he does anything, he hurts himself. So yeah, it seemed like um, when he hit the ropes, he was favoring like either one side of his body, a rib, an arm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I mean, guess you didn't catch it, but yeah, I saw it. I was like, oh, good lord. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that really, um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he was. Maybe he was nursing something at this time. I don't. Or know. Or he but... was. Or he was planning an injury. <laughs> need some. I need some time off. I need some more money. Mm. <laughs> and if you don't give me more money, I'm sorry. I can't make it. I tore a fucking. I don't give a fuck. Except that. That's that's. I mean, that's the that's the way that I saw it because it looked like Shane was. Halfway not there. Um, well, Shane does win this match with a cradle. And then after this match, we get a match between the Tasmaniac and Surfer Ray Odyssey. All right. Now, what's the next match? <laughs> there is there is no match after that. <laughs> now, I, I actually, I mean, I'm actually friends with Ray. And I, I, I always liked him. And I thought he, I thought he was a great fit. I thought, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think Ray Odyssey's a, a good, decent little, decent little wrestler. Like he can do some shit off the ropes, and he sells good. <laughs> and I, I just, I, 
but I think in this match it was weird because he got like a lot of offense on Taz. Like I think he got way too much offense in this match. They're like going into it like, oh, Taz is the most extreme guy in the company, and like fucking Sandman Junior has him like down for. <laughs> well, who, who's to say that maybe they did? Maybe they maybe they had bigger plan for Surfer Ray Odyssey, and shit just didn't work out. Like <clears throat> a lot, like most of the fucking. I'm sorry, most of the um New Jersey guys, them, them Carluzzo independent guys, mm-hmm. like. They always seem to like they come, but they don't stick around. Right. You know, and I always I always thought Ray like I remember seeing Ray in like 1991 at like the first convention that I went to, like in Philadelphia. And I was like, dude, because because I was I, I I was the one that told him that he should go to Memphis. Did you ever send a tape to Memphis? And then like. I don't know, five months later, I'm watching Memphis and this dude shows up there, but he, he must've got his first paycheck and said, fuck that. I'm catching the first wave back <laughs> to the East coast. Cause this ain't working, but you, you don't, if you don't know how to work Memphis, then you're not going to make it. Mm. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take money down there because you're going to lose money. You know, that's the way Memphis works. That forty dollars a night gimmick? Are you fucking kidding me? That's that a joke. Jeff, it's like that Jeff Jarrett line to Steve Austin. Like he he keeps staring at him, but that check ain't gonna get any bigger. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I when I was down there, that forty dollars a night guarantee was not a guarantee anymore. It's like the Dutch Mantel story where they're asking the boys if they're on drugs, and Dutch Mantel says, "The way you paying us, we can't even afford to be on food." Yeah, yeah pretty much. That's that's how it was. And you, you you had to hate being a guy like um what's his name? Guy the guy who did a payoffs down there. I can't remember his name. But yeah, the guy did a payoffs. Like law law would make this old man like he was fragile and frail walk over and do all the payoffs because he, he realized like nobody's probably gonna beat this guy up. <laughs> guy guy coffee? Guy coffee, yeah, that's him. Like he realized, like nobody was going to go beat up Guy Coffee, and, and if he did, you're probably going to have a bad name in the wrestling business after that. Yeah, yeah, Memphis was Memphis was something else, man. We could do a whole other show on fucking Memphis. Well, to wrap up this ECW show, uh, Taz does win that match with a suplex. To wrap up this ECW show, nine one one comes out with Paulie and choke slams multiple wrestlers. I wrote down Paul Loria, Canyon, um, the ref. The referee. Where was I? Think, I? Yeah, you weren't in this segment. No. I mean, maybe I wasn't even, like, if I wasn't on that show, then maybe I wasn't at that show. You may not have been because they're doing the thing with you and Jason, but I don't think you were with Jason and Mal- Chad wasn't with Jason and Malenko in this match, was he, Aaron? I don't think so. No. 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 Yeah, that, that, I mean, because I, I don't remember, I mean, me personally, I don't remember spending a whole lot of time in the arena with Malenko, like maybe one show mm-hmm. that, you know, because you know how Paul would make you stay and watch all the promos and stuff. And and after you watch a couple of Malenko promos, you, you see know, them all at two o'clock in the morning, you're just going, I- I'm done. I- I've had enough. I-, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I have to get out of here. <laughs> Maybe Too Cold isn't such a bad promo. No, not after <laughs> fucking D. Malenko. But but you got to understand, D. Malenko came from the came from the um the schooling of it wasn't promos, it was work. Mm-hmm. That's why he was so good because he spent more time working than he did talking. <laughs> Maybe he should go to an Applebee's for happy hour and have a couple of 
beers and loosen up a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, you always hear he'd be when the when the lights are off. He's he's a funny guy, and they say he had a yeah. great personality. And yeah, but just you turn the camera on, and he's just I'm Dean Malenko. I am a wrestler. He's old like, zipper neck. One of my one of my favorite lines I ever read in a wrestling book was in Jericho's book, and he said that him and Dean and Chris and Eddie were at like this strip club and there was a stripper up there and she probably weighed like 80 pounds. And Dean was like, I don't know if I should give her a dollar or a food stamp. <laughs> or a cheesesteak. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I always make that kind of reference around here when, I, when we see like different servers or bartenders and all that are like, like you work at a restaurant. <laughs> Get, get a sandwich. How hard is it to ask to, to cook for a sandwich? Well, Paul fucking wearing it. It looked like he was wearing like a silky purple robe. Silky boom boom robe? Silky boom boom robe. <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually catch that, but um, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Paul Lorian. Because he took he took a severe uh, he took the Kevin Sullivan beating that I should have took. So that's why I'm a big fan of him. <laughs> that was supposed to be me. And after I seen that beating, I was just like, God damn, thank God the power went out. Because I'd still be laying there. Or at least pieces of me would still be laying there in the arena. Well, they're devoting all this time at the end of the show to nine one one. Probably could have put something more effective on. What did he know did he know Polly? Like, was that is that why he's getting such a push all the time? Well, they, Al? Yeah. Like I don't know his story. I don't know where he came from or who he knew or I Apparently, I mean, if you if you if you try to connect the dots, they have the New York connection, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe it was something that had to do with New York, um, Johnny Rods, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know how Paul Paul would take a lot of guys that came in at Johnny Rods's gimmick, right. and maybe he's like, I got this guy. He's like, he's six foot ten, can't do shit. But I mean, he looks impressive with him, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, overall, to wrap the show up, what did we think? Hey, of- well, oh, I, I was going to say, I think, I think 911 is the first um, example of Paul being like, let's just hide your negatives and accentuate your positives, and you're a big fucker. Don't do anything other than choke slam people. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think he was the first, but I think he was the most um, uh, glaring. Yeah, most prominent. Yeah, because I, I, I also put myself into that category too. Because Paul, Paulie would always want um, me to get beat up. You know, mm-hmm. just go out there, take all them bumps that I seen you do, take all them goofy ass bumps, and and then you know, watch any matches that I won. Look at how much offense I ever got. Right. Like one thing, you know, right before the finish. So, yeah, Paul is good at that kind of stuff. So, overall, what did we think of this episode of ECW, guys? I actually dug this episode. I liked it. Like I said, it kept my attention. Um, there wasn't anything. I mean, I know that the, some of the the matches were 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 enhancement matches, but that's what wrestling, you know, we it's supposed we, to be. Yes, yes. But I I didn't see a lot of negative with this show. I really actually liked watching this show. I find myself entertained. Um, I feel like things are turning around for ECW here. Yes, this is the most ECW ECW show we've seen so far. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out where this is on the tape reel. You know what I mean? Like, what is there any more on this taping from this show? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or is next week going to be like? Montgomeryville or something, you know what I mean? Right. Or is this like the end of it? Because it's been like, it's been kind of just running on just regular. 
just, you know, the last couple of weeks where nothing's striking you. I mean, nothing's striking me. And I don't know about you, but nothing's jumping out at me. Like, this is like must see. And I'm wondering why, the, like, it was, you know, I would I say that I would say probably the biggest hook would be Cactus, you know, just to be able to see him. And I mean, Shane's doing fine with his with his deal, you know, being the champion or whatever. He's he's he he he. he what do I want to say? He embraces his gimmick, you know. I mean, but well, Shane, not- Shane was Shane was perfect there. I mean, that was that was Shane from Continental in what eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Like him and work him working with Paul in, in Continental um, is what I'm pretty sure. That it's what put the um, gimmick in Paul's brain that Shane can be the guy, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. he probably blueprinted him in from the beginning. I, I could see like a a sketchbook with Paul writing Shane's name down as top guy. Yeah, you know. And then how do I get him there? How do I get him to be the top guy? I'll <laughs> tell you how I get him to be the top guy. Listen to this. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think about the whole entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you What did you give the show? Because I just gave the show a flush. I, I didn't like. I didn't like it personally. Mm. Um, I don't know. I guess would you give it a B or something? I just said I. I, I didn't really even give it a, a grade or a score. It's just I didn't lose interest watching the show. I was entertained by it. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like I, I sat through the show and and I didn't I didn't say anything stupid, you know. Like I can't wait for this to be over. Right. <laughs> I just waited. I just waited and was like, all right. I looked at the clock and I'm like, well, it's only 37 minutes long, so there's only a few more minutes. And then I figured they were going to end. They haven't started the Pulp Fiction montages yet, right? Not yet. No. Just a lot of these shows. It seems like it starts to kind of like peter out toward when they get to like their big arena show you know like they're hyping this october first show and that's why i think it's the end of this taping because they're 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 hyping october first so like by the time they get there they're just like all right this is the this is the shit we got left and let's just mm-hmm. throw it out there and the sad thing is it seems to be a way too much of that doesn't it it's almost like every three weeks after we get like one like what one hot show you know what i mean yep and then there's a mediocre one, and then there's a, meh. a terrible one. Yeah, <laughs> the cutting. Yeah, I mean, that's the way episode. That's the way it's working. Well, yeah, that's um, that that seems to be the formula that Paul Paul puts together. His all right. This is what I'm going to do. This is the guys that I want to push. But I, you know, clearly you can't throw. Um, well, unless you're doing a TV taping, but them TV tapings sucked, man. They were hours and hours long and. Everybody wrestled like five times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the matches suffer. The quality of the work suffers because nobody wants to work like five times, right? And especially like at, if you're, what if you're Sabu? You know, and and you work at a high level like that kind of like me. I could do it. I, I mean, I can take the same flip bump or the, that flip back drop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's just the bumps, and then once you get callous, and your backs and your backs callous, and you can take the bumps. That's all fine and dandy, but yeah, you yeah, can't I, be doing. All that's that shit. that's what I always say about people that that always you know you always hear people say that X wrestler was better in the territories, and then he went to the WWF and he wasn't as good. Well, also that wrestler was wrestling maybe two times 
There's four times in a weekend that wrestler is wrestling six times on a TV, on a five hour TV taping. So obviously they're not going to go out and give territory style work when they have to work six times a night, four times. And you a only, night. you only have what? Five, four minutes. Right. Yeah. What am I, what am I, what story can I tell in four minutes? Right. It's not a, yeah, it's, it's not a fair comparison at all. Like Xbox, yeah. he, he said that he said like the wrestling business, this, he said this a long time ago, but he's like, it's crazy. He's like, you'd work for like 10 years to get to the WWF to be able to, um, you know, leave, leave <laughs> or, or get there and be able to have like a lighter sketch, like a lighter style or whatever. And he's like, now it's like, Guys start in the WWF and then go to the independents. He's like, it, it, it's like it flipped. Yeah, because nobody, it's it, to me, I mean, I probably could have if I wanted to. I mean, I've turned down trips to go up there and do jobs. And I was just like, why? They're not going to, they're not going to look at a guy like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And see anything in me. I mean, why would I, I mean, I'm going to spend $400 to make $200. So why would I even bother doing that? I'm not Dwayne Gill. And it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of a catch 22. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could, you could be on TV. You could be seen by dozens of people. And, and then, you know, hopefully your phone will ring on the weekends that their ECW is not running and hope you can get an independent booking somewhere. And, you know, it doesn't happen. Yeah, ECW, ECW wasn't quite there yet. I think it was on the precipice of getting there. Yep, and we are on our way there, but I want to thank Aaron and Chad. Unless you guys have any parting words for our listeners, I think we'll sign off and call it a wrap here. We ain't had one Archie Mitchell reference. Archie Mitchell, Archie Mitchell go out and get yourself Archie a Mitchell. junior. Archie, Archie, Archie Mitchell. Go out and get yourself a Junior Bacon Bohunk and uh, <laughs> kick back that, and relax. That Facebook, that Facebook profile is coming soon. Archie Mitchell. Archie <laughs> Mitchell. The Dino, the Dino send-off. Of, of That's who podcast. I think he looks like anyway. Kind of is. Yeah. I, yeah. Archie Mitchell. Good Lord. <laughs> Aaron Chad, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you, listeners, for listening, and we will see you all next week here on Reliving the Extreme. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.